Hello, Meg. Hello, Nick. Have you come prepared? Well, I tried to get prepared, but when I've read this again, I don't actually think that it's going to help me in any way. Exactly the same with me, except I have less notes than you. Well, then this is going to be a very interesting podcast. Hello and welcome to Nick and Meg's Generation Rant. As you can hear from our voices, I'm the slightly older one. I'm Mick. And I'm Nick. So, I guess, uh, Nick, we are sitting here today um, on our very first podcast. Very exciting, indeed. And I'm thinking, or at least I'm hoping, that we'll be able to talk about things that will affect us both together, of course, but uh, I'll be viewing that from my generation, and I guess you'll be viewing it from your generation. I will be. Because of that, uh, that gap between us. So, Nick, what would you like to talk about today? So, first of all, I'd like to start off with why we're here, and that is the generation differences. Generation differences. Yes, well, I guess there must be some kind of generation differences between you and me. There is, because I've grown up with something since I was really young, and you've only just recently discovered them. Uh, And my, my wonder is whether or not you actually use them better than I do. I may very well. (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, before I got onto this show, I was—I um, I had a quick think about all the things that we have today that that I really just didn't have, and they are quite amazing, game-changing things, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, my my list that I've got here, and I'll just read them out. We've got—I uh, remember never having a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Have no, I had no idea what a HDTV or a 3D TV, you know, video was. There were no digital cameras. It's quite amazing, but, you know, seriously, you couldn't just keep taking a thousand pictures. So how did cameras work then? Did you have cameras? Um, actually, we did have cameras, but they, actually, they, they were onto, the, onto film. And you'd, you'd only have about 23 films in one roll. And it would be very expensive to buy a roll. You'd stick it in your camera. You'd you'd take 23 photos. 23. Can you believe that? And then you'd take it to the to the Photoshop and you'd develop them. And you'd pay lots of money for that too. And you'd end up with 20, 23 photos. So does that mean if you fell over whilst taking a photo, you'd waste a photo space? And you'd just have a blurry picture? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's absolutely right. That is actually what used to happen. And... And obviously, because you couldn't carry that many rolls around with you when you went traveling, you had to be very, very careful about what photos you took, because you know you knew that if you took a photo and it was bad, you'd actually use a lot of space up, and you'd never get that back, you know. So you'd never get them back? Yes, indeed. That's interesting. So what else have you got on your list? Um, well, I've got two others. Probably isn't a very comprehensive list, but... I, I don't know, you know, we didn't have search engines, that's the thing. Did you have anything equivalent? Um, we had the encyclopedia, <laughs> which, which was, you know, 30 volumes of these massive books, I'm sure you've seen them. Yeah. You know, in those old libraries that probably don't ever frequent anymore. And and whenever I wanted to find out anything about anything, I'd have to go and have a look at these um these massive encyclopedias. Um, but nowadays, 
But you just type it into the search engine. On your portable phone. In, yes, indeed. And, you know, I used to look up all sorts of interesting, knowledgeable items, and these days people use their phone to do more than that. People do still use encyclopedias and dictionaries, obviously. Oh, do they really? Yeah. Is that, people, do do that? people do use them, especially younger kids, because I'm not sure they would be allowed to go on the search engine, but they like reading books a bit more sometimes when they're younger. So they tend to read encyclopedias because they design special encyclopedias for kids and um, slightly older children and they include um, a few more pictures, but they're also quite factual as well. Hmm. I don't think they have any of those massive encyclopedias on sale anymore, though. So they're more specialised these days, are they? Yeah, more focused to different age groups. You know, when I was your age, I actually wanted to have a video phone. Because we had that in... I used to watch, obviously, things like Star Trek, um, Space 1999. And, and I, they all portrayed the future. And, and in the future, we'd always thought about having this fantastic video phone. And it wasn't until Skype came around that we actually started to have something that was was akin to a proper video phone. I mean, they were uh, in the decades before. There were phones that uh, I remember. There was um, a couple of of companies decades ago in France and in a number of other countries that kind of tried to put in video phones um, mm-hmm. using old sort of ISDN technologies, but uh, they all were just once-off things. Decades ago. Yeah, decades ago. They tried, and and it actually worked, you know, black and white, video phones and whatever. Um, but it just never took off. And it just needs the right time, doesn't it? And, uh, uh, you know, e- even now, it's you're still not thinking video phones all the time. But it's pretty much there now. We pretty much have video tele- teleconferencing these days. Yeah, it, ha- it has improved a lot more since... I I don't know, but um, then when you were younger. So do you think the world's a closer place then? I, I mean, back in, in my time, where I, you know, I didn't have... Uh, because I didn't have video phones and, and uh, telephony was very very expensive. People that were far away were really far away. Yeah. Um, I think that the world has become closer and communication gets around more and your relatives that live on the other side of the earth, um, you can chat to them using Skype. And that means you sort of get to know them more, you don't ignore them as much. But most of your friends are still close by, aren't they? Most of my friends are close by, but what helps also is communication on Mm. phones that's because we can say meet up at this time whereas without a mobile phone you'd have to coincidentally meet them and tell them uh, personally where to meet or go to their home have you ever experienced that when my phone dies when you when you run out of battery (laughs) generally there's another phone close to me but I do go around running to my friend's house sometimes. So how do you feel when you actually are out of communication as in, in your generation? I don't mind so much, actually. Really? I just like my phone there because it's just part of my body. 
Well, that's very interesting, Nick. I guess with mobile phones, I think, I would probably be just as obsessed about my mobile phone as you are these days. So what's on your list? Well, we've just been talking about what happened, what things we had in the past, and how they transformed to be in the future. I mean, the present. Um, so I'm going to talk about things that was in the past, we assumed that they would happen. For example, a good movie to reference that to is Back to the Future. Uh, yes, always quoted about. It is. Because few... just the other day, um, we hit uh, 2015, the date that the, uh, the film had. We did, and that was a very big turning point. In the present, actually. And um, in the movie, you see things like hoverboards and f- hovering cars... And time travel. Mm, yes, indeed. Imagine what uh, people thought 30 years ago. Um, and actually, these things have come into existence, but they haven't been very advanced. For example, they have designed a hoverboard that works uh, by having really cold nitrogen, minus 197 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> wow. And it uses that. It has to be on a magnetic playing field in a way um, and the magnetic field from the metal it allows the the nitrogen to to float above the ground and it floats above water as well well that's very interesting nick but it doesn't sound to me like it's going to be a very useful thing no they've had some tests on it and <laughs> yeah um people kept falling off them but it has um it has been invented the whole point about having a a skateboard is that there's actually friction between the wheels and the ground, so you can exactly. do tricks. Exactly, that that's that is why um, these people who tried to test this out couldn't do it. <laughs> he actually said himself, "Oh, there's not enough friction on this." And, and you have to bring your own nitrogen. Yes. <laughs> and huge magnets. And keep a magnet under the floor. Be, I don't think it's going to hit mass market very very no. soon. They've designed it though, <laughs> and if you get special dedicated parks for this. I think that will be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and I'm I... very sceptical. <laughs> and the next thing on my list is invisibility cloaks. Invisibility cloaks. Well, that's very interesting. Yep, like the ones you see in Harry Potter. Yes, I, I, do, I do recall. You put them on and you disappear. Yeah, um, and these things actually do exist. And they are made um, by using nano-antennas which are made of tiny gold blocks of different sizes. And that allows light to bend around an object, so therefore you really? can't see it. So, you know normally when you see something, mm-hmm. the light bounces off it into your eyes. Right. This way, light bounces on it and curves around the, the cloak. Wow. So it conceals an object. So when, when, when can I have one? When you can you have one? Once they've designed a bigger one. Really? Yes. Okay. They have uh, designed... How, how small is it? It's quite small. Yes. It's small enough to it hide a my head. peanut. <laughs> to do a peanut. Probably. Hide a peanut. Yep. Do you want to hide peanuts? Um, I don't have anything quite that small that I really want to hide. Um, Maybe I should hide my keys around the house in an invisibility cloak. I don't think it's that big yet. Well, they have made ones that can conceal a human, but they're quite... They're ones that aren't really scientific and use, like, cameras right, to okay, look behind a person and project that image on a... So do you think these things are actually going to be useful one day? 
One day, once they design one of these, which is bigger and thicker. Yeah. Because right now it's 18 nanometers. And I guess it needs to be because it needs to bend the light around it. And once they design a bigger one that can fit around a body or something as big as a truck, maybe. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm just thinking, well, I mean, uh, aside from the fact that it's probably one of the coolest inventions you could probably have. Yeah. And if it ever works, it'd be amazing. You could scare people. I think that if everyone could have one, it, the world would be absolute chaos. It would be. As Can I just you said... imagine that people could just come into your house and you wouldn't even know? I mean, imagine that. All the houses... Oh, gosh. Um, what would be the implications for everyone being able to have an invisibility cloak? You'd probably have to have detectors in your doorways to make sure you that could, people... And I think that should in. be designed as well. So... If ever they invented invisibility cloaks, I'm going to start up a business where we have these detectors that you stick on the doors to make sure that no yeah, strangers walk problem. in when you open that's your door. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> you need some sort of light that doesn't get bent or something. Well, no, I just have like motion detectors or something like all over that. Everyone's going to be so scared. It's true, though. These things are quite risky. And if, any, if someone ever designs a good one, one that can conceal a human, then I think the world would be... As you said, chaos. I think it's really quite interesting because as inventions happen, you need to have the laws to basically look after those inventions as well. Because, you know, I I can just imagine you you invent something and then suddenly um, you're going to have to have some laws. I mean, it's kind of like smoking in public places, right? I mean, when they first started, you could kind of smoke anywhere and then now you can only smoke in public you know, in certain places, and, and eventually a lot of countries have kind of banned public um, place smoking as well. I mean, when you think about invisibility cloaks, I'd imagine that um, that, you, that you might actually be legal to wear those, actually, it in might, certain, certain uh, circumstances. It might be legal, but people who want to use them in a negative way, they're probably not going to listen to the law. Well, that's true. So they, they probably have to actually conform to certain standards where... You know, maybe maybe they can't be one hundred percent invisible or something. Yeah. Actually, I, I know this this is happening right now, isn't it, with um, with drones? Because um, we we invented drones, of course, and drones have only just in this year become amazing. Mm. A year or two um, now, super cameras with lots of flying time, and oh my gosh. That's all well and good, but now everyone's talking about drones flying around their houses. And, you know, I mean, what about the privacy issues and everything? It's a bit like the uh, invisibility cloak as well. You can just hide in a corner and you can hear everything. You can see everything in the house or wherever you are. (laughs) It's, yeah, you don't have very much privacy with these things. But yet, if you use them in a good way, they're amazing. Hmm. Hmm. I think that's something we all have to think about as we... Uh, as we go into this new future with all these technological advances, you know, how do we run them responsibly? So that's all for my list. Oh, that's great, Nick. I guess this has been a reasonable summary of uh, future past and present. Hope you found it interesting. It was very interesting. Indeed. See you later. I'll see you later. Bye.